Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today at Solace Church. Uh, thank you for choosing to start the year off here with us in this location. I, I just want you to know as your pastor, I love you. You are my family, and I love doing life with you, and I can't wait to see all that God has in store for us in 2017. We're going to talk in just a couple of minutes as we kick off the new year at Solace about 2017, but before we get there, we're going to take a look back at 2016, and we're going to celebrate uh, what God has done in us and through us as a church. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you as well. Uh, if you're a guest visiting with us today, man, thanks for being here on the first day of the year. You had every reason not not to come, and you chose to come. Thank you for being here today with us. Of course, if you're watching online, we're glad you're uh, part of our online community this morning as well. Uh, I, wanna, I don't know how 2016 went for you, but um, I know that 2016, 15, and 14, um, uh, at least the last couple of days of 14, were incredibly challenging for me, for our family. I'll share with you a little bit about that in just a second, but uh, I don't know what it looked like for you. You know, some people look at 2016, and it might have been the greatest year of your life, and if that's the case, we celebrate that with you. We're thankful for the years of, of the mountaintop, if you will. If it was a tough year, then, man, I, I, I just want you to know that I think God's laid on my heart something to share with all of us today about what I think he's going to do in us and through us in, in the coming year, so just hang on for just a minute. But if it's been a tough year, I would say to you that generally speaking, as your pastor, 2016 was a tough year. The last couple of years have been tough for uh, our family for a number of reasons. Uh, 2014 was the greatest year and one of the worst years altogether. In 2014, built a new church, a new house, had a new baby, got a new truck, and two new dogs. All in one year, and the very last day of the year, I went into respiratory distress and almost died. They had to hook me up to life support, and I barely made it through the end of the year. And I'm thankful that God just provided for me and healed me in that process. And so the end, you can clap for that. That's, that's cool. Um, in 2015, I had a, a hole in my lung, and that was Easter weekend, and then it had just some other challenges in 2015 as well. 2016 had its own set of challenges. At the end of 2015, December 31st, after I had been in the hospital the previous year, December 31st, in 2015 on December 31st, my son Graham was run over by a four-wheeler. I had to take him to the hospital. I mean, it's just one thing after another. It has been such a crazy couple of years that, that yesterday on the 31st, our only goal was not to go to the hospital. That was it. If we just get through the day and not have to go to the hospital, it's a win for us. We made it. <laughs> However, you need to know this story. That's right. As challenging as the last two years have been for us, I have an incredible glimmer of hope because of what happened yesterday, actually. Um... I actually think 2017, it's really a, a year positioned for, for a, a renewed uh, a, a sense of God's kingdom work. And I'll share with you all that in just a moment. But yesterday, we went over to my dad, mom and dad's house just to kind of hang with him, watch some football games. And remember, the goal was get through the day, no one goes to the hospital. And so all day long, man, it was like just I was hovering over our kids and just watching them carefully. And, and so we get towards the end of the day. It's getting close to dark. My kids, my boys are out back playing Nerf Gun Wars. And they stop playing Nerf Gun Wars and decide to jump on the trampoline. We have a trampoline at my parents' house. It's our, mine and Jennifer's, our old trampoline. We left there. It has no safety nets that are up. It, uh, the, the, the pad around the springs is kind of falling off. It's, it's pretty run down trampoline. It's going in the trash pretty soon. But um, the kids decided that they were going to jump on the trampoline. 
And so they, they were out there. Graham was, was jumping a little bit. Grady was jumping it. But they were, they were jumping at the same time at one point. And all of a sudden, Grady rips part of the trampoline. Now, I don't know that at the time, but I come out after just a couple of minutes and look outside. They're both on the trampoline. And I see on the trampoline that part of the, the, the trampoline pad is ripped. And I, I said, guys, what, what happened? What is, what's the deal? And Graham said, Grady ripped the trampoline. And I was like, well, how did he rip the trampoline? Do you have a knife in his pocket? What do you, how do you rip a trampoline jumping on it? And so he said, yeah, dad, I, I jumped over here and it ripped. So I went out and looked. Now there's four legs around the trampoline that hold it up. And each leg is like a U shaped with two pipes going up. Well, uh, my mom had moved the trampoline earlier that day or earlier that week. And when she moved it, one of the legs came loose and actually ended up underneath the trampoline. And Grady had jumped up and down and he had, that, he had jumped and it ripped the trampoline where that leg was poking through. And I was like, oh. But then I said, thank you. We could have been back again on the 31st. But God and his provision kept us safe. Thank you, Jesus, for safety. Now, as crazy as that sounds, that gave me a huge glimmer of hope and expectation for the coming year. Like, we made it. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? I mean, we made it through the day. And we made it to the new year without a hospital trip. That was huge for us. So, I don't know what 2016 looked like for you. But 2017 looks incredibly hopeful through my eyes. I want to take a minute, though, before we get there to look back at our church. You know, 2016 was a pretty incredible year for our church for a number of reasons. And I want to take just a minute before we go forward to let you see what 2016 looked like ministry-wise at Solace Church. Take a look at this. Solace Church 2016 was an amazing year of gaining momentum for our church as we lived out loving God and loving people in our community. Through events, camps, all of our ministries, and now our new missional focus, we were able to live out who God has designed Solace Church to be. And all of that started from the stage through the series of our pastor. 2016 was a great year at Solace Church from the stage. It was so much fun to be able to share the different series that we went through this year. You know, we spent some time focusing on ourselves as we started the year, as we launched the series, uh, Your Best Life Later. And in that series, we just talked about what it looked like to not be focused on things that would provide instant satisfaction or gratification, but rather to think about what life looks like when we discipline ourselves, what life could look like in the years to come as we commit ourselves to certain disciplines and habits that lead to our best life. We went right into a series focused on the marriage relationship called Rules of Engagement. In this series, we talked about how to date and and how to be engaged and, and what it looks like to stay in a marriage relationship. And we also talked about the dangers of an affair and how that can wreak havoc on a, on a marriage relationship. And we talked about how to safeguard our marriage against that. After our marriage series, we went right into a series called Death Was Arrested. And this series was centered on the Easter story and how we celebrate the fact that Jesus gave his life on a cross. But the greatness of the story of Christianity is that you guys know this, he rose from the dead. And so this series was focused on celebrating this idea that we serve a risen Savior. We went into a series called Aftermath, and this series really helped us better understand what it looks like to live in the aftermath of the resurrection of Jesus and how it changes us when we accept him as our Savior. 
we moved on from the Aftermath series and we had a couple of short series, one called This Is My Story and one called Since You Ask. And these two series were really fun for our church because we had a chance to hear from the personal stories of people in our church who went through some incredible life change because of their relationship with Jesus. We also were able to answer some questions this summer about, uh, about life, about the Bible, about Christianity that many of you were asking. And that was a really cool series because it gave me a chance to just answer some of those questions that you've been asking. One of our biggest series of the year, though, was the series we did just after summer called Decades. And this series was so much fun, man. We went all out with this series for creative purposes and for content as well. It was, it was a ton of fun for me to preach. We talked about what it looks like to live out the gospel in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50 plus. And we spent some time learning about ourselves and what, what scripture has to say to us in each of these decades that we live in. We followed up the attractional series by a what we call a growth series, and that series was really focused on us learning about what God was doing in our church or wanting to do through our church in the years to come. And that series was the missional church. And in this series, we learned that God's taking us through this journey of not just being a church that's attractional, inviting people to come to our church, but really, really having a desire as a church to go out in the community and to serve people and love people where they are. After the missional church, we took some time to study, to talk about, to learn about what life looks like after this life in the series called Life After Life. And this series focused on what life looks like beyond this present life in which we're living. Remember, we talked about 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 life. And we also focused in on at the end of the series about when Jesus would come back and what life will look like once he finally returns, when we get to live out our life in the eternal state in heaven with God. And then we ended the year with some really cool moments for our church. The first week in December, we celebrated Give, where you guys, through your generosity, uh, gave over $130,000, which was incredible. And it was really, really cool to learn that from Scripture, from the Bible, that that's exactly what God calls us to be, to be generous. Because when we are generous, we get to live out the life that God intended for us all along. So here we are at the beginning now of 2017, and we have some incredible series planned for Solace Church this coming year. God has been working on my heart. We've been doing some planning behind the scenes to get ready. And I believe 2017 could be a pivotal year for our church. I think we're going to see our church continue to grow numerically. But more than that, we have an orphanage to build, and we have, uh, we have this missional idea to live out. And so I'm really excited about leading at Solace Church in 2017 and sharing from the stage more of God's Word with you. So 2016 was an encouraging and challenging year from the stage through our pastor. And 2016 was also a successful year for our Solace Kids ministry. 2016 with Solace Kids was an awesome year. It was a great year of just polishing up our ministries and continuing to help them grow and make them better. Kids Camp 2016 was amazing. The kids got to do the zip line, the go-kart, swim, and they got to have an amazing pizza party, but most importantly, they learned how to rock this planet. And it was a blast, and it was amazing, and you could see life change happening in each and every one of those kids. Kids Summer Celebration this year was a winter extreme, and we transformed this building into a winter wonderland. And the kids got the chance to learn what it is to be a disciple for Jesus. And then the family night ended it all where over 500 people came and gathered in this room. And we celebrated Jesus with fun and music as a family. And we ended the year with the Solace Family Christmas night. And it was so much fun celebrating Christmas with the family. But the best part of this year and every year 
is watching kids show their love for Jesus through baptism and life change. It doesn't get any better than that. So as you can see, 2016 was an important year of life change and fine-tuning for our Solace Kids ministry. But it was also a crucial year for our Catalyst Student Ministries, a year of change and growth. This year for Catalyst was an absolutely amazing year. You know, this year we really set out with the idea of growing. And not just the idea of numerical growth by having, you know, more students come to our services on Wednesday, but we were more focused on the idea of spiritual growth. You know, how can we push our students to be better disciples? How can we push them in their relationship with God? And we really feel like that was accomplished this year, but in so many ways that we were not expecting. You know, for instance, we, we have our very own student leadership team now. We have about 15 students who have decided to become better leaders here in Calus and kind of own uh, this ministry at a, at a higher level. You know, they have hands in everything we do and they are a huge integral part of what we do here in our ministry. And not just that, but we also have what we call Team Catalyst, which is basically like Team Solace, but it's actually students serving other students. And there's nothing that compares to seeing a student actually serve someone else their age. You know, back in May, we took almost 200 kids to our own summer camp, and there's nothing cooler than seeing 200 kids take some time out of their schedule to come hang out with us for a week at a camp. And whether it was a message they heard or a small group that they were a part of, or maybe it was one of the crazy rec games that we played, um, those kids encountered God. They had an experience with Him. They, they came back home way, way different than when they left. And it was all because of that camp, all because they were able to put themselves in a place where they could be vulnerable, where they could be in a place where there were no distractions around, but they were truly impacted by God. The coolest part about 2016, though, was when we took 24 people all the way to Arizona for a Catalyst missions trip. You know, we loaded up at 5 a.m. in a couple 15-passenger vans, headed out for Arizona, and let me tell you what, it was a week that was absolutely incredible. And the cool part is that we had students who had never been on a trip like this before. Literally myself and a couple leaders who have been uh, on a mission trip before that, but none of the students had whatsoever. So they weren't really sure what to expect. They were a little nervous about it, but actually they did an amazing job out there. They worked super hard. And uh, I can almost guarantee you that every single person who went on that trip came back completely different. You know, they, they experienced a different culture. They were put in a position where they didn't know anybody, but they had to truly just rely on God to take care of them and to support them out there. And it was just an amazing experience to see these students take that leap of faith and go to a place where they didn't know anybody. They didn't know what to expect. They had to do really hard work, but they enjoyed it and they loved it. And actually, they're craving that now. We're so excited uh, for that, that process of mission trips to continue in the years to come. 2017, we really believe, is going to be one of the best years that Catalyst will have. We're pushing for more spiritual growth. We're excited to take more missions trips, go back to summer camp, and we're just really excited to see all the incredible things that God has planned for us. So as you can see, 2016 has been an amazing year for Solace Church. With all of the baptisms and new members and life change that has happened, the momentum that we're building sets us up for an incredible 2017. So 
Jay mentioned the baptism and life change. Think about this. A hundred uh, and something people gave their life to Christ through the ministry of Solace Church. Eighty people were baptized. Seventy-one people joined the church. We have over 400 people involved in Team Solace serving in any given week uh, or month here through the ministry. We have 350-plus uh, adults involved in Solace groups. And I could go on and on with the numbers. All that to say, we are thankful for how God used us. He worked in us and through us in 2016. And I think it would be appropriate, Solace Church, to give Jesus a big hand because he is the reason we do all this. It's awesome. So 2017 is here, and we're starting this new year off right in this room together. And I just want to give you some context to the one verse of Scripture we're going to look at just for a couple of minutes. Because this verse of Scripture was a verse that been, I've been thinking about for a little while. But God did a work to confirm and affirm in me some, uh, this verse and this message this last week. And I'll share that with you in just a couple of minutes as well. Uh, I don't know the last time you had the opportunity to read the book of Ephesians. But the book of Ephesians was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus. And this is a Gentile uh, church. It is um, a church that is, uh, was started by Paul. Uh, it's going to be led eventually by Timothy. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he wants them to know a couple of things. Number one, he wants them to know where they've come from and where they are now in Christ. He's going to use words in the beginning of this, uh, this, uh, this letter to talk about the power. He wants them to understand who they are, the power that's available to them. He wants them to know that they were distant from God, aliens apart from God. But because God is rich in mercy, he makes us alive in Christ so that by grace we would be saved when we exercise our faith, right? He wants us to know who we are, and he gives us this picture that apart from Christ we are sinful, but in Christ we are forgiven and made new. It's a beautiful picture of the transformation that happens in the life of the believer. And if you've ever had a sin problem, you will appreciate Ephesians chapter 2. That should be all of us. In Ephesians chapter 2, we get our identity. We see who we are in Christ and that we're saved. In Ephesians chapter 3, though, Paul really takes a step forward and he helps us understand that this whole idea of us coming to faith in Jesus was God's design for us non-Jewish people from the very beginning. Like he wanted to use the Jewish people, these chosen people, to bring about a Messiah so that the world may be able to be reconciled to God. That's the point, right? And he says this is a mystery. Like no one could have ever imagined what God was going to come up with. It's a mystery revealed to us only in the last times. And then he uses this idea of a mystery to begin to really get the believer to think about who they are and who God is in their life. Right? And he'll say things like, I want you to be able to grasp how wide and deep and vast the love of God is for you. Read Ephesians chapter 3 on your own sometime today or this week. It will encourage you and inspire you. At the end of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul gives us a verse. It's a verse I think God laid on my heart to share with you today. And if, I feel, if you feel like that I'm on about seven energy drinks, it's because something is stirring within me that hasn't been stirring in a little bit of time. And I'll share with you about that in just a moment. All right, so Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Paul concludes this section of Scripture by saying this. Now to him, that is God, now to God who is able to do. Now, if you're underlining things in your Bible, this word here, do, or this statement, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, or uh, all, all we can ask, this statement is a factual statement. This is true. 
This is exactly who God is. Paul is not asking, he's not creating an if statement or a conditional statement. He's saying that the God who raised Jesus from the dead is the God who has a power to do immeasurably more. That is, he's far more powerful than anything that we face or deal with in life. He's far greater than anything that we might go through or anything we might be called to do. Here's the key, though, and this is why I wrote this word in parentheses, and we're going to talk about this, too. The key is that this is a faith statement, that, that this is a factual statement that demands faith from us. It's an expectation statement. He can do immeasurably more than all we can ask. That's a, that's a statement of prayer. He can do more than I could ever come up with to ask him about. Or imagine, that's a dream statement. He can do more than I could ever ask or even come up with in my mind. That's what God can do. That's who he is. According, this is how he accomplishes it, according to his power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that brought you from death to life and salvation, this power that is at work, this is an act statement within us. And then in verse 21, he goes on to say, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Right? I don't know how many of you have heard of the, uh, the group acapella, but I grew up in my teenage years with the group acapella. They were called acapella because they didn't use any musical instruments. They just sang with their voices, and it was incredible. And this is one of the verses that they put a whole song to. Look it up online. It's a cool song about who God is, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. This verse is a powerful verse. It speaks about the nature of God and our response to who God is. So for the next couple of minutes, I just want to give you a couple of words to think about. All right. So when you look at this passage of scripture, one of the things that jumps out to me is that Paul makes a factual statement and asks us and expects us, write this word down, to believe Big. To believe big. Let me, let me just ask you a question. In your Christian walk and in your Christian journey, have you ever reached a point where for some reason God seemed distant or inactive in ways that he had previously seemed very active and involved? Have you ever felt that tension before in your life? Like you felt God stirring something in your heart. You felt like God was doing something in your life. But for some reason that activity seems to cease. It's almost like God went silent on your case. Do you know what happens during that period of time? What happens in those seasons where God seems inactive or distant is that your expectation of who he is and your ability to have confidence in this very reality, he can do immeasurably more, tends to wane a bit. It tends to drift a bit so that you begin to go, oh my gosh, what happened? Things were so right. Things were so clear. God was so active and now things aren't that way. And your faith begins to be weakened a bit and it begins to shrink down to the size of your circumstances and you miss this picture that God is able to do immeasurably more. So in 2017, Solace Church, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. To begin to expect God to do what God can do, that we begin to believe God at this level and not just shrink down to the size of our circumstances, but to see that God is able to do more than we could ever, ever, ever think about and dream about. All right, so believe big. If your faith has waned, if your faith has been reduced this year, I'm going to ask you to start with 
to allow God to increase the measure of faith that you have, to begin to approach life with some level of expectation. Here's what I'm doing as your pastor. Every single week at Solace Church in 2017, my goal is to come into this building expecting God to show up and see life change in us and through us. That's my expectation. My expectation for God is to do immeasurably more than I could ever, ever, ever even begin to think about this year at Solace Church. I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but I'm beginning to expect that from him. So if I, again, feel like I'm on seven energy drinks, it's because my expectation level this morning is different than it was just even a week ago. Believe big. Not only that, but we see that once we begin to believe big, then we can begin to pray big. If your expectation of God is small, your prayers will be small alongside of that. One of the things that happens in the Christian life is, is we just simply get busy doing life. And the monotony and busyness of life tends to uh, align our prayers with that same kind of thought process. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know this, that when we pray, oftentimes our prayers are attached to our immediate circumstances. God, would you fix this immediate crisis that's going on in my life? God, would you fix my marriage right now that's going wrong in this problem? God, would you help me deal with my kids today? God, would you help me survive today? They're all attached to the here and now. When's the last time you stepped out of that and began to pray to this God who is able to do immeasurably more, prayers that are beyond this whole idea of just daily prayers, as important as daily prayers are? Getting outside of that and saying, God, I just want you to do some great things in me and through me. As I began to study this verse of scripture, I began to realize I have not done that well as your pastor over the last couple of years. I've been praying, Lord, get me out of the hospital. Lord, keep Graham from, you know, from being hurt by this four-wheel accident. Lord, keep us safe from December 31st catastrophe this year. That's the kind of prayers I've been praying, right? Are they important prayers? Of course. Absolutely critical prayers. But what about the prayers that say, God, what do you want us to do on a grander scale? What do you want to accomplish to us on a grander scale than just simply the day-to-day prayers that we pray? So I'm, I'm challenging Solace Church. I'm challenging you in your life to begin to pray big prayers for your family, for your marriage, for ministry, for your businesses, for your careers, for what God has in store for you. Pray big. Also, also, dream big. God can do immeasurably more than all we can ask, pray, or even dream up. I can tell you this as well. One of the things that's happened to me in the last couple of years, and I know it's hard to admit, and I'm just this confession. I don't even know why I feel the need to confess to you except that I'm your pastor, and you need to know what's going on in my life. One of the things that's happened over the past couple of years is that as I face personal challenges is my ability to dream began to be reduced again to the size of the circumstances I was going through. And one of the weird things that's happened to me as your pastor over the years is I felt like God gave us a great vision and it's still in place to become missional and to build an orphanage and a refuge and all these kinds of things. And that's all ahead of us and I'm excited about that. But what happened inside of me is I felt like I gave you all the dreams that God ever gave me and I was kind of out of dreams. Have you ever felt that before? Like, I just, I don't know what else to dream about. I don't know what else to plan about. I don't know what else to think about. Well, as I read this verse, I began to realize God is honored when I ask, when I dream outside of myself. And so, this last week, here's what I said. I don't know where it'll go, but I said, God, I want to dream again. You're doing incredible things through our church, and I'm expecting that to continue, and even more so in the coming year. But even personally, God, I'm going to dream again, even beyond even what I've already heard from you. And so here's what I asked of God this last week. Here's what I began to dream about. God, I want to be a leader who impacts the nations. 
Now, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I want to impact leaders who impact leaders who impact the nations. And I want to be a leader who impacts the nations. I don't know exactly how that looks. But did you know last year in June, we had the, US, the, the uh, ambassador to the U.S. from Israel at our church standing on this stage? Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Do you also know this, that randomly after one service, an individual came up to me who's now going to be a part of the Trump administration, and we connected and had lunch and started to meet? I don't know where that's going. I have no idea. Maybe nowhere, but maybe somewhere. Who knows? My thought process is, God, you you raise up leaders all the time. Might as well be me. You raise up leaders all the time to do incredible things. I want to be a part of that as well. If you're involved in doing immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, I'm all more with that. We get so wrapped up in the day-to-day that we miss the opportunity to dream at that level. I don't know what dreaming for you looks like. Maybe it's to impact the nations, but maybe it's to impact your neighbor. Maybe it's to start a company, start a ministry. Maybe it's to get a promotion. Maybe it's some other kind of move. Only you know what that looks like. But if you've lost the ability to dream, I am encouraging you this year to begin to dream again. It honors the reality that God is greater than our dreams could ever be. Let me tell you an interesting story that took place. Friday, as this message was kind of just, just simmering and, and, and stirring in my mind and in my heart, I began to think, this is exactly what God wants, to, wants me to share with our church. But then I received some affirmation or confirmation about this. Friday, we were at my parents' house, and uh, we were just hanging out. Uh, and our, we, our kids were hungry, and so we decided we'd just get pizza. And I didn't want to wait on the delivery, and so I said, I'll go pick it up. And so uh, I ordered the pizza, and, and, and on my way to Mazio's down 41st Street, actually crossing even in front of our church right here, I was searching through the radio uh, channels, just, just kind of just scanning the radio channels. Now, just to be clear, I almost never stop at 95.1 Bot Radio Network. I don't know if you've ever stopped there or even know what that is, but Bot Radio Network 95.1 is a preaching channel where pastors and church leaders from all over the United States, they'll share their messages on, on that radio station. I used to listen to it a ton. I haven't listened to it in years. For some reason, I stopped. When I turned that on, turned the volume up a bit, it was Chip Ingram, who was a nationally known preacher and speaker, and he was speaking, I kid you not, about dreaming great dreams. It's a message in a series uh, that he did called uh, Good to Great in God's Eyes. And in this message, he said over and over again that, that, that God is honored when we dream big. And, 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 and it's honoring to God when we dream great dreams. And he went on and on to talk about how moms and dads need to do this. And business owners need to do this. And, and pastors and leaders need to do this, right? At the very end of this message, he said this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Right? That's the way he concluded the message. And I'm like, oh my God. You can't make this up. I never listened to the station. I turned it on. It's exactly what I needed to hear. It's exactly the affirmation I needed to hear. It was a God moment for me. I spent the rest of the time coming back from Mazio's just dreaming about this. And I prayed this. God, I want to be a leader to the nations. I want to impact the nations. And I prayed that. Now, let me tell you what real life looks like, okay? This is what's going to happen to you after this message because it happened to me after that moment with Jesus. I get home. I'm bringing the pizza and everything in. I walk through the door. Now, the child who said this will remain unnamed. But I walk through the door. I'm not kidding. The first words I hear after having this God moment is my child looking at me. No one else has said anything. My child looks at me and says, my booty itches. (laughs) 
You can't make it up. That is life. Isn't that exactly what happens in life? Isn't it exactly where God would instill in you an inspiration, a dream? He stretches your faith and he leads you to a moment where, where he's, he's calling you out of just the monotony of life into the dreamland. And all of a sudden, life hits you as well. When you walk out of these doors today, that's what's going to happen to you. There's going to be your life that you're going to have to step into and deal with. And it is going to be there. And if you allow the dream to die beyond these doors, then you'll be right back in the same cycle. And so I would encourage you to take one more step today in this whole idea of thinking outside the box. And I'm going to ask you to begin to act big, act big. If you let this die right now, someone outside of this door is going to rob that from you almost instantly. I'm going to ask you this question. Have you prayed big and dreamed big, dreamt big? Have you been thinking at that level? If not, let's engage there. But not only that, As God stirs you in this and as you begin to ask him for great things, what steps are you going to take? His power is at work within you. And that power is unleashed to accomplish those great things when you partner with him to begin to take steps towards accomplishing that. Here's life. Are you ready? When you go out these doors, you'll have a marriage to work on, kids to raise, a business to take care of, a business to go to work to. You'll have bills to pay and everything else on your plate that, you came, that, was, that was there when you walked in these doors. If you do not become intentional about walking in that faith and taking some steps, it will never come to pass. What steps do you need to take to get there? At Solace Church in 2017, I can tell you that our staff is taking some steps to see God do immeasurably more through our church. I can tell you right now that I'm trusting God to, 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 to give me the courage to step out when he calls me out to do great things. I want to pastor this church and be the best pastor to you, and I want to see God use me in incredible ways in the years to come. Where are you in the journey? Where are you in the journey? What is God wanting to resurrect within you that might have died along the way as you've done life? Here's the way I want to end church today or end our service. In just a moment, our band is going to come out and they're going to lead us in a song. But before we do that, you beside you have a candle. That candle beside you is going to represent one thing today. I know candlelight services represent a whole lot of things to a whole lot of people, but here's what it represents today. It's a singular act that you can take that says to God, today I'm holding this candle as an act of faith and confidence. I'm lighting this candle and I'm offering this song and this candle to you today, believing you that you're not finished with me. More than that, you're ready and willing to do incredible things in my life. So here's what I want us to do to church today. I want to pray over our families, over your life, over your business, over your marriage, uh, um, over your career, that God would restore in you and rebirth in you this ability to dream and pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Hey, this is Pastor Matt Blair. Thank you so much for taking time to check out our podcast today at solacechurch.com. You know, we realize that it's possible as you listen to this message today that God may have spoken to your heart about something. So if you made any kind of spiritual decision, we would love to know about that. You can email us at info at solacechurch.com and let us know what happened in your life today. Once again, thank you so much for taking time to check out this podcast. 